Hey, welcome into TCAM Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Tracewell. This podcast, we talk about sports events, topics, and players. Come follow our Facebook and Instagram page. Facebook is TCAM's Sports Podcast, and the Instagram page is TCAM underscore sports underscore podcast. Shows will be posted when they go live, and even some bonus episodes will be posted during the week. Normal episodes are posted Fridays at 5. Comment your thoughts on the shows. Leave some topics you would like for me to discuss on the show. Thank you for tuning in. Now on to the episode. Today we are going to recap the NBA and NHL playoffs. Man, what a ride it's been. Definitely now we are headed into the NBA Finals starting June 1st. But for right now, we're going to talk about the Lakers and Warriors. This is the last time we spoke. Lakers and Warriors, special, special event. And especially to the fact that it was LeBron James versus Steph Curry. The rematch. The match we had seen for many years. Cleveland versus the Golden State Warriors. Now to the Lakers against the Golden State Warriors. The Lakers making a hectic run in the second half of the season to come back and be able to be in the playoffs and make it to the second round. And then obviously they made it on to the conference finals. But in that series, the Lakers, they played well. I mean, Anthony Davis in the first game, 40 points. I mean, he never stepped off the court. Guy was completely dominant throughout that game. And then Golden State answers back in a big way in game two, 127 to 100. Then you had the Lakers answer in game three and four. And then Golden State answered back at home in game five. The thing was is that the Lakers come back to play in game six. And in game six, I thought Golden State, if they push this series to seven games, Steph is not losing at home again. And what I mean again is when they played Cleveland in the 2016 NBA Finals, going back to Oakland, nobody expected Kyrie Irving and LeBron James to pull off the most two miracle plays we'd ever seen in a finals run. The block by LeBron James on Andre Iguodala to Kyrie Irving stepping back and shooting a three-pointer that sealed the deal for the Cleveland Cavaliers and obviously got them a big-time win. Now, LeBron James in his year 20. We don't know how much longer he has to play. We don't know how much time we'll ever see him in the playoffs again. To play in this series for those two, it was really special. I called it the Legacy Series. You know, it, it was a defining moment for the both of them. You know, let's see who can who can win this last ride. Possibly, we this, we might never see them play in the NBA playoffs ever again. Like the two both rematch. Obviously, we'll see Steph Curry in the future, but we don't know how much longer we'll see LeBron James. And to be able to see that game, that matchup, special, perfect. Lakers move on six games. Went on to play the Denver Nuggets, who obviously are the most unappreciated team in the entire NBA. Jokic is a superstar. Jamal Murray playing lights out in this NBA playoffs, proving everybody or reminding everybody who he is and how special of a point guard he really is. Then you had Michael Porter and Aaron Gordon, big-time pieces. The biggest key for them is to see 
you know, they just need about 15, 16 points out of either one of them. So in a game, you could have Jokic and Jamal Murray play really well. You need about 15, 16 points from either Michael Porter Jr. or Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon was effective in the series. Michael Porter was effective in the series. It's a flip-flop. Contavious Caldwell-Pope, big-time piece for the Denver Nuggets to pick up. Obviously, a really, really good three-point shooter. Been really effective throughout these playoffs. I call them the underappreciated. They took out the Lakers in four. I didn't expect that. I at least expected them to win one game. I think game four, being back in L.A., LeBron James put on a magnificent performance, 40 points. And I know everybody's thinking, well, LeBron James has done that time again in his career, but he hasn't done it recently. He hasn't done it for a while. And we obviously know this ankle injury that he, or this, yeah, I think this ankle injury that he's been through has really affected his career. But for the time being, LeBron played all 48 minutes in that game, 15 of 25 from the field, 4 of 7 from three-point land, 10 rebounds, 9 assists, and 40 points, almost averaging a triple-double throughout that game. Had no help from anybody else. D'Lo was terrible in the Nuggets series. I thought he'd be a lot better because the way he played against the Warriors, I mean, they really needed another guy to be able to play like he did. And he just was a no-show in that series. They obviously had Tristan Thompson, you know, trying to guard Jokic. LeBron guarded Jokic. Anthony Davis, Hachimura. I mean, nobody could stop this dude. In game four of that series, Jokic had 30 points, 13 assist and 14 rebounds this man's a triple double machine he's not athletic at all I mean he just has no athletic ability but his IQ of the game is absolutely immaculate and that's what gets it done for him I mean two-time MVP obviously has something to prove wanting to get to the NBA finals wanting to take Denver and win their first NBA championship as a franchise so obviously this guy has shown up time and again for them and now it's proven to the whole world that hey, the Denver Nuggets are real. They're not this team that are kind of like frauds because Jokic is the MVP. No, they're a real squad. So for the Denver Nuggets, congratulations moving to the NBA Finals for the Los Angeles Lakers. Look into LeBron James's future, especially since he talked about retirement. Everybody knew in their brother LeBron James wasn't going to retire from the game of basketball. If you actually watch the interview, they ask him three or four times about this next season. What is it going to be for year 21? How are the Lakers going to look in year 21, year 21, year 21? Ten minutes ago, the dude just ended year 20, playing his lights out, you know, trying to push the Lakers' season and try to save it. And everybody wants to talk about year 21. Can we not just appreciate the moment now? Can we not appreciate him now? Let's stop thinking about the future, especially with LeBron James. How much more time do we actually have with this guy? I know a lot of people hate him. I encouraged a lot of people to watch him in the NBA playoffs. You only get to see greatness so much. I mean, it's rare. Tom Brady in the NFL is gone, for example. Peyton Manning's not playing anymore. Big Ben Roethlisberger's not playing anymore. Jerry Rice, Joe Montana. Some really special elite dudes who once played. We didn't appreciate their greatness while it was there. And now, you know, you, you move on, you eventually move on to the next guy, but LeBron James is the second greatest basketball player to ever live. He is clearly the second greatest in my mind. Kareem Abdul Jabbar is not better than LeBron James. 
Michael Jordan is the only one who stands in the way. And rightfully so. I mean, Michael has proven to everybody that he is the best player ever. But for LeBron James, a special season, special comeback. The Lakers should be proud, but now it's time to get to work. They need to keep Austin Reeves coming this offseason. I really appreciate that they would keep Hachimura, too. I think this guy's special. You know, big dude, plays effectively. I think he'll play a lot better next year. You're going to have to let go of D'Lo. I'd rather them not lose Vanderbilt or uh, Malik Beasley. I think there'll be some special guys you need to keep. Kyrie Irving is probably the guy you need. Like, Kyrie Irving and Dwayne Wade are the two guys that fit LeBron James' game perfectly. And I think adding him with LeBron and Anthony Davis, taking that scoring pressure off LeBron James, because LeBron James doesn't need to be scoring 30 to 40 points every single playoff series. He doesn't need to be doing that. He averaged 27 points in the Denver series. Like, LeBron James, at this time, right now, can he do it? Of course he can do it. Does he really need to do it? No, because LeBron James, he's a team-first guy. He puts the team first. And taking that pressure and load off of him on the offensive side actually gives them a lot better chance on the defensive side because LeBron James is an effective defensive player. If you add a piece like Kyrie Irving and get an elite point guard in there, he's going to be really effective. Him and Anthony Davis are going to you know, shoot the lights out and take care of business on the offensive side of the ball, relieving pressure off LeBron James and letting LeBron do his thing. Like, LeBron obviously is going to be effective. 20 to 25 points a game in the NBA playoffs especially is effective. Now, I would rather LeBron James average 17 to 20 points in the regular season if you add a guy like Kyrie Irving, but that's just my opinion. I think he needs to back off on the offensive side a little bit and be more effective you know, assisting and rebounding and doing more on the defensive side of the ball, and the Lakers will be set. They'll be great next year if they can acquire a guy like Kyrie Irving. I don't know if they will be able to, but if they do, I think Kyrie is the perfect match for the Los Angeles Lakers. So enough of the Lakers. I know I just went on a spiel about LeBron James and his entire, you know, year 20 NBA playoff run. Let's talk about the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics, or just both of their series run. Obviously, we've seen what Miami had done, gone in to play Boston Eastern Conference Finals. Boston heavy favorite, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Derek White, Al Horford, Grant and Robert Williams, some special elite players. Obviously, they beat the Philadelphia 76ers in a Game 7. I was disappointed with the 76ers, but Boston was clearly the better team. Jason Tatum... Clearly the better player, just put him on his back and rode it all the way. What I didn't expect is, I didn't expect Jimmy Butler to beat the Boston Celtics three straight games in a row. I didn't expect that. You know, Jimmy Butler, elite player, there'll be more conversation. We'll talk a little bit more later on about Jimmy Butler and where he stands all time. But for right now, for the Miami Heat, to go up 3 nothing and then to collapse in a way like for their team overall they didn't exactly collapse I'd say more Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo collapsed in the last three and last yeah three-ish games of the series so game four five and six six was a better game for both of them but four and five were crucial they were killers for the Miami Heat 
you didn't really need that to happen. Jimmy Butler, for example, for Game 5, especially, I think Game 5 was a crucial killer for the Miami Heat because they were absolutely unaffected in that game. Jimmy Butler shot 10 shots that game, only made 5, 14 points. That's not very good. Bam Adebayo, 16 points in that game, 8 rebounds. He wasn't much that effective at all, but I won't completely blame it on them. Kyle Lowry was awful in that game. Kyle Lowry has not been very good throughout this series. Like, he's had, like, a one- or two-quarter, like, series, pretty much, against the entire Boston Celtics. Kevin Love didn't do very well in Game 5, neither. Max, uh, Max Drews didn't play very well. Duncan Robinson, he has been very effective throughout the last three games of this series. Was actually shooting the lights out and playing very well. Highsmith became pretty effective throughout the season. But let's talk more about Caleb Martin. Caleb Martin, a special offensive talent. Man, this guy can play basketball, especially. If you watch Game 6 and 7, he is absolutely spectacular. Game 6, Miami should have won this game. So Stan Van Gundy in the middle of the fourth quarter said, Miami is lucky to be in this game. Your two best scores are 5 of 28. And Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, the midway through the fourth quarter. He goes, for you to still be within five points of this lead is mind-blowing. Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo were not very good throughout this game. Bam Adebayo, 4-16 from the field, 13 rebounds. Yes, he played very well on the rebound side of the ball, 11 points though. Jimmy Butler, he didn't come on at all in this game. He shot a lot of free throws which benefited him. He played almost the entire game, 47 minutes, 5 of 21 from the field from Jimmy Butler. 24 points, 11 rebounds, 8 assists. Now, the 24 points sounds good, but he also shot 5 of 21 from the field. Can't do that in trying to close out the Boston Celtics at home. Jason Tatum, 31 points, 12 Rebounds, Jalen Brown, 26 points, 10 rebounds. Marcus Smart, 21 points. He was very effective early on with a three ball. Kind of went cold throughout the rest of the game. He only, I think he was 4-4 from three-point range at one point. Then he went 4-11. He never made another three-pointer after that. Derek White, I think, was the most effective player for them throughout this series. Because as good as Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown were, through most of this series, Derek White was the guy that surprised. Obviously, tipping in the ball with .2 on the clock was spectacular, and nobody expected that. You know, we thought that Miami had closed the deal. They got the three, th- three free throws from Jimmy Butler. We thought this this is over. I mean, Miami's going to the finals now, but instead, Derek White saves their season, and it was going to go to Game Seven. And I'm going to be truthfully honest with you. I believe that Boston was going to win Game 7 because they're going back home, season's on the line, and the complete opposite happened. Now, I know people are saying, you know, Jason Tatum got hurt. Jason Tatum also played. He was hurt, and he wasn't as good as he normally was, but Jason Tatum still played in that game. 14 points, 11 rebounds. Jalen Brown, though, let's talk about Jalen Brown had one of the worst games I had ever seen Jalen Brown have. 8-23 from the field, 19 points, 1-9 from three-point range. 
I mean, Jalen Brown had eight turnovers in this game. He just wasn't effective. When Jason Tatum went down, everybody turned to Jalen Brown. You know, Jalen Brown, this is your moment to take over. This is your moment to shine. And this guy didn't shine in that moment. Like, the 19 points isn't bad, but at the same time, that also is coming from free throws. Most of it. And he, he just didn't shine all that well. Derek White, 18 points. He did what he could. Nobody else was effective for them, though. So the Boston Celtics have a lot to do here. I believe, truthfully, that the Boston Celtics have to fix a lot of things. I know people think this is like a minor issue. Maybe this is a coaching issue. Maybe this is another, you know, this has got to be some small problem because they have a great team. And yes, they have a great team on paper. But coming up here, Jason Tatum, obviously he's going to want to get paid. Jalen Brown has a huge contract extension coming up. And I don't know whether the Boston Celtics should sign it. Game 7 ending 103-84, 84 points. The Boston Celtics' lowest regular season and postseason scoring. They had not scored that low all season long, including the playoffs. And it was just a devastating performance from the Boston Celtics. Great from the Miami Heat, Jimmy Butler, 28 points, 12-28 from the field, 3-7 for three-point land. Jimmy Butler showed up this game. He came to play this game. Caleb Martin, this dude's special. This dude can score. For a role player that was undrafted, played 45 minutes, 4-6 from three-point land, 26 points, 10 rebounds, had a double-double in game six and seven, was very, very effective in these final two games, and he is an elite offensive scorer for them. They need a guy like this. They definitely need somebody to be able to shoot other than Jimmy Butler throughout this series, and he just come to play. Duncan Robinson, 10 points off the bench, 2-3 from three-point land. Bam Adebayo, 12 points, 10 rebounds. Gabe Vincent, 10 points, 2 or 3 from 3-point land. I mean, Gabe Vincent was another effective guy throughout Game 6. He was definitely a big-time piece. Undrafted, role players definitely showed up to play. And remember, ladies and gentlemen, they all did this without Tyler Harrow, who's a 20-point-per-game scorer. I mean, just incredible, honestly. Very special for the Miami Heat. So now we get our matchup, the Miami Heat versus the Denver Nuggets. People were expecting Denver to take care of business, probably in five games, actually. I'm thinking this has got a chance to go seven. It really does. I mean, Jimmy Butler, if he could steal one game, especially game one in Denver, which I don't see happening because Denver is really effective at home. They play so much better at home. But if Miami can happen to steal one, then they could probably push this six or seven games. I'm going to pick my finals winner now. The Denver Nuggets. But my God, if the Miami Heat can somehow pull this off and Jimmy Butler can capture a title and take it back to South Beach, how special. Like, I know Jogic deserves a title. He's incredibly talented. Not athletic, just IQ basketball talented. Triple-double talented. Has done everything for Denver. Jamal Murray working his way back from an ACL tear. Michael Porter Jr. emerging. Aaron Gordon emerging from that superstar dunker in Orlando to 
this effective guy who can get rebounds, play defense, and shoot the ball pretty well. Contavious Caldwell-Pope, already a champion with the Lakers. But if Jimmy Butler and this Miami Heat squad, the one he has led to the conference finals for the last three out of the four years, been to the NBA finals, and appearing now twice, once in the bubble, once now. If Jimmy Butler can pull this off, we're talking about a different conversation for Jimmy Butler. And I get this kind of, when you watch him play and you watch him speak, you get this Kobe slash Michael Jordan type of vibe. Like he wants it. He's a closer. He's a guy who wants it at the end of the game. Jimmy Butler wants it in the biggest moments. And he wants the biggest matchups. And I respect it. So, a championship would change Jimmy Butler's career. It really would. And I'd love to see it. Alright, so now we are going to move into the NHL, the Stanley Cup playoffs. What a special and different type of series this has been for them. Obviously, we had the Hurricanes and Panthers, then the Golden Knights and the Stars. We had the Seattle Kraken and the Stars. They went to a Game 7. Kraken should be proud of themselves. A, a team had a, came in two years ago to make it to the second round and take the Stars to a Game 7. They should be really, really proud of that. That's a special organization. They're coming and they're, they're going to be an elite team in the future. So then we had going into the Eastern Conference Finals and the Western Conference Finals, we had the Panthers versus the Hurricanes, or the Hur- yeah the Canes, and then we had the Vegas Golden Knights versus the Dallas Stars. I did not, and ladies and gentlemen, I repeat, I did not expect the Panthers to win four straight against this Canes team. This Canes team was good. The Panthers are the biggest surprise. Let's talk about this for a second. Both the Heat and the Panthers out of Miami, out of Florida, are going to the finals in the NHL and the NBA. That is that is absolutely insane. The Panthers, they've just been dominant all season. They took out the Bruins in seven. They took the Leafs out in five. And they take the Canes in the Eastern Conference Finals, out in four games, 3-2 to two in Game 1, went to four overtimes, 2-1 to one in Game 2, went to overtime, 1-0 to nothing in Game 3, 4-3 to three in Game 4. The Panthers stood up and pretty much punched the Canes in the mouth and went home and had been waiting on the Western Conference champion, who now it is, the Vegas Golden Knights, played the Dallas Stars. This series was a little bit more competitive than the Hurricanes and the Panthers series. Game one went to overtime, 4-3, to three, Golden Knights. Game two goes to overtime again, Golden Knights, 3-2. to two. Golden Knights take game three, 4 to nothing. Taking the series lead to three to nothing. The Stars playing game four, they win three two in overtime. The Stars play the Golden Knights in game five, 
4-2, now taking it to a game six. And the Golden Knights smoked the Stars in game six. Six to nothing to end the series and now move on to play the Panthers in the Stanley Cup Finals. Who should win this game overall? Or who should win this series overall? It really should be the Golden Knights. But don't be surprised if the Panthers really make a statement. They have proven themselves time and again. And the one thing they know is they believe. They beat the best team in the NHL with the best record in seven games. This team believes they can win this. And that makes them dangerous. Not only that, they have very good defense. They don't let people score a lot on them. So, respect to the Panthers. They're going to give the Golden Knights a run for their money. I would pick the Golden Knights to win this series. Obviously, have more stars than the Panthers do. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Panthers could pull this off. And that is our NBA and NHL talk. Obviously, we have more to talk about when both come to an end. But... It's going to be fun. There will be more talk this week. We are going to discuss Jimmy Butler and what his legacy will look like in Miami or what his legacy will look at like after he retires from the NBA. We are going to talk about the Boston Celtics, what needs to happen, what are the changes that need to be made to this squad. Because as good as they are, they've been to five conference finals, been to one NBA finals, and have not won. Anything. Something needs to change. People say because Joe Mazzulla was the coach, that that was the problem. Ime Adoka was the coach last year, and they went to the NBA Finals, and they didn't win. This is not a coaching issue. This is not an organizational issue. This is a team and player basis issue. I, and I'm going to put this hint in there. I don't believe that Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum will ever win a championship on the same team. This is a Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid issue. Remember when Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid were kind of dominant and we thought, hey, they're going to win a championship together and they never could get they never could get to where they needed to be. I believe that this is the same issue. That is as good as Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are together. Five conference finals, one appearance, no championships. That means you've lost four conference finals. Two against the Miami Heat. So, it is what it is. We'll see what we can talk about and you know what scenarios we will come up with. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to TKM Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Tracewell. We will be back very soon. Enjoy. The finals, let's enjoy the Stanley Cup finals, enjoy the NBA finals. This could be a surprise. Like I said, I would like to see the Panthers and the Heat win. Will it happen? Only time will tell. Let's see what they can do. I'll see you guys later.